horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, everyone. Well, get tied on because who knows what news is going to break before this show is over. I always tell you, come tune in live on Thursday and you're going to get some fresh news because uh, it, it, it always happens on Thursday. Of course, uh, uh, let me set it up with my guests first. They're both great guests and they'll be able to help me with this myriad of topics that we have. Uh, the Pollock Report, you probably read it on a regular basis. Well, uh, the, the inventor, the publisher, the editor-in-chief, Ray Pollock will be with us to talk about uh, some of these burning topics. And then um, out in Vegas, Rich Eng will be with us. I'll be very interested to know what's going on in Vegas uh, because we've got the coronavirus uh, kicking around out there. And uh, God only knows uh, how that's going to affect different things. I do know how it's going to affect uh, some racing. Um, let me get right to that. All right, this is all, this news has all come out today. So uh, it, it is uh, you know, hot off the presses, as they, as they say. All right, now we got the COVID-19 or whatever you want to call it. And it's really changing the, the face of racing. Uh, racing is going to be conducted without spectators for an indefinite amount of time at tracks across the country, including Santa Anita. Um, you know, the governors are coming out and we're getting you know warnings. They don't want groups, depending on what state you're in, of uh, 100, 250 or 500 drawing. As you know, we're not going to get to see my Dayton Flyers win the national championship because they have canceled March Madness. What the hell are we going to do for the next two weeks? They canceled March Madness. This is madness, if you ask me. But anyhow, so we got the coronavirus fear. I don't have it. But I do ask everybody to wash their hands and stand back from their computer by six feet. Okay, let's get that right out front so nobody can say I gave him anything. All right. Now, uh, it, it, just stay tuned because it's going to happen all over. We're talking about Santa Anita, uh, Golden Gate, uh, Turfway, uh, Aqueduct, and uh, I believe uh, the Maryland tracks are going to be uh, Laurel Park and Pimlico. So here's what's going on from what I know so far. And like I said, that the emails are coming in as I speak. Um, after tonight, I'll, I'll speak to the nearest track because I was planning on going down there. Um, Turfway Park has their biggest day of racing on Saturday. The public is allowed in tonight. After tonight, Throughout the rest of the meet, which is until the 28th of this month, racing will be conducted with no fans in the stands. Now, for a period of several weeks, that's going to happen at, at Santa Anita. And it's going to happen at Golden Gate. 
Uh, and so I guess we're just going to have to monitor how long uh, this is going to go, the spectator-free racing. Um, and I got the release, and I'm getting some things in from Churchill. It's even been rumored or stated or being examined right now about the possibility of moving the Kentucky Derby if this doesn't happen. Obviously, you know, people's lives are at stake, but let's face it, folks, 10 times as many people, maybe 100 times as many people are going to die from the regular flu. I'm not saying this isn't dangerous and it couldn't spread, but, you know, how many guys have you had next to you at the racetrack that started coughing and hacking on your shoulder? I mean, it, it happens. But nonetheless, we're following the advice of our elected leaders. And so the tracks I named are the ones I know of right now. And uh, again, for Turfway, nothing on uh, on what we used to call Jim Beam Day, and uh, and then throughout the rest of the meet. Now, uh, a shocking email that I got just recently was Keeneland. Keeneland is not going to have spectators right now, they guess, until April 15th or 16th, which means there will be no spectators uh, for five graded stakes races on April 4th. Then at Aqueduct, you got the Excelsior and the Gazelle and the Bayshore and the Carter. These are all their big, big, you know, prep days for, for the, uh, not only the Derby and the Oaks, but so many great races around that undercard on the Kentucky Derby card. And uh, these are just numerous graded stakes. It's going to be bizarre. They, they need to play the uh, theme to the Twilight Zone as they open up every card. I mean, the Santa Anita Derby will have no spectators. This is unbelievable. The Bluegrass will have no spectators. And uh, there will be others leading up. But the, the big races, as far as the Derby Oaks connections, are, are going to happen on April 4th. And to think that nobody's going to be in the stands, I'm guessing they'll allow media in and obviously the Racing Four people and the video people. Uh, but other than that, this is going to be very, very interesting. Almost as interesting as the story that broke earliest in the week, and that's Doping-related charges have led to the indictments of 27 individuals. Wow. Can racing get more than two black eyes at a time? This is unbelievable. Now, probably the, the, the two that are really floating to the top on, on, on this, this doping scheme is uh, Jorge or George Navarro. And how about this, Jason Service? Uh, you remember Navarro, who trained XY Jet, earned more than $3 million, though he had a very spotty, if you think about it, go back and look through his PPs and see all the layoffs. And all of a sudden, this horse would come back and start winning graded stakes races all over the place. And uh, But anyhow, so we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, well, well we, we know there's a good chance that these guys are going to go to jail. But uh, we don't know what's going to happen to maximum security and his earnings. W was he doped up for the for the, the, the marred Kentucky Derby? 
uh, th- that he won? Is he, are all these other horses going to get moved up in uh, grade one status? Uh, just stay tuned is all I can say. We just don't know. I mean, this is a, a moving uh, investigation that's going on. But right now, 27 individuals, because you've got not only Navarro and Service, but you've got all the suppliers along the way, people that were changing labels of, of uh, I think they called it uh, monkey juice or – uh, I mean, Navarro had what was called uh, the Navarro doping program. So people are thinking that horses of his and horses of services have all been on this stuff all year because you cannot find th- these powerful performance enhancers uh, that give the runners an edge. You know, we're talking about graded stakes horses, but whatever this is, you, you cannot find it. In their blood, it's a performance-enhancing drug called SGV-1000. And, uh, you know, this is just so terrible for racing. So, obviously, I'm going to ask, you know, Rich and Ray uh, uh, to chime in on this. But it's unbelievable. It's shaking the industry between the coronavirus and uh, the uh, the doping scandal. Uh, Thank God they got them. These guys just got to get kicked out of racing, period. There's no room for these individuals in our sport get them out of here and hopefully these guys are going to be spending a little bit of quality time in the gray bar hotel for screwing with our major races now what's going to happen with maximum security's 20 million dollar saudi cup earnings like i said stay tuned Okay, coming up uh, with Rich, uh, we're, we're going to go, you know, Rich used to work at, at Turfway Park for many, many years. Uh, he would bring me in to help along with a lot of the publicity. We go back a ways. but So we're going to take a look at these races at Turfway Park. Uh, the Bourbonette, Oaks, has Oaks points. And what's now called the Jeff Ruby Stakes, I still don't know how he got this word changed from S-T-A-K-E-S to S. T-E-A-K-S, but that will be contested. So Rich and I will look at those two from his old home track. And then at Oaklawn on Saturday, what a day there. But, man, there are two races that just jump off the page. Obviously, you're expecting the Rebel, and what a race that's going to be. There's horses in here with so much potential, but there is no standout horse. There's some. There's five horses in here that could go on to win the Kentucky Derby. And then with our with our older uh, mares, um, we uh, we should uh, uh, take a look at the Azari. Um, the the Azari. Um, 350,000. These are names you know, folks. Kentucky Oaks winner, Sarah Gantry Empress. Lady Apple, who's pushing just 10,000 short of a million, has never been beaten at Oaklawn. Is three for three at Oaklawn. How about the darling Sophie Doyle? She'll be back along her millionaire street band. And my lady Curlin, over $735,000. Man, that's going to be one hell of a field. All right, real quick before we get on with Ray Pollock. Uh, let's look at some of last week's results. Uh, of course, the big cap, the Santa Anita cap, a uh, gift box was going to be the favorite, got scratched. So John Sadler had to go to plan B. He did a jockey change on combatant, put Joel Rosario up. 
got away big time, I believe, at 21 to 1. Combatant uh, takes it. And uh, uh, in the second spot was Multiplier. And in the third spot was Midcourt, who was the odds on eventual choice. Uh, then the uh, in, in out at uh, San Anita, the San Felipe, wow. We seen the legitimate Kentucky Derby favorite folks, authentic in nothing but a public workout under Drayden Van Dyke stays undefeated for the Baffert Barn, a, a son of into mischief. I swear this was just a public workout went wire to wire. They put earplugs in him because the way remember we talked last week about how he veered in and veered out. Well, he ran pretty damn good in the San Felipe installing himself as the favorite. Second was the two honor AP and third storm the court last year's two year old champion. Then the, uh, the Tampa Bay Derby. Uh, this went to King Guillermo. Hope you had a deuce on him. Paid $100 after third place finish in the, the pulpit. And his connections are saying that uh, they're probably just going to go straight to the Derby. Uh, then, of course, uh, the Gotham at Aqueduct. The winner in here, wire to wire. We both picked him last week. Mischievous Alex gets the job done for John Service, not to be mixed up with Jason's service. So uh, that was the Gotham. Then quick look at the Honeybee. This is always an important race. A lot of good horses will come out of this race, I guarantee you. Uh, Elta's Award, the favorite, and Motu, the rail horse, got into a ding-dong battle all the way. And after they tired themselves out, she's a dare. she dares the devil got the job done and got up by three quarters of a length. All right. That's a look at the races we looked at last week. I could go on, but it's only a one hour show. And I got one of my favorite guests waiting on us right now from the Pollock report. None other than Ray Pollock. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to winning ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart. 
Racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788. Or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, uh, with us now is Ray Pollock. I had his whole resume written out, and about five minutes before we went on the air, I went to add something to my script, and the whole thing went away. So, Ray, forgive me for not uh, uh, doing your whole bio, but the, the important thing to know is that you were Jimmy the Greek's ghostwriter. I always find that very interesting, <laughs> even though that doesn't make it into your official bio. And the fact that you created the Pollock Report in 2008, and it's still going strong. Ray Pollock, how how are you, my friend? Well, I'm I'm a little worn out. This has been a heck of a week. Well, I, I didn't know where, where to start, so I'll, I'll set the table and you rearrange the dishes any way you want. Okay, what sure. a what what a season, what a week. We start out with the Kentucky Derby fiasco and everything that went in and on about that, mistakes that were made, decisions that should have been made. I think at the end they got the call right, but I don't know if the message was delivered correctly. Then we got the justify uh, scalopamine uh, debacle. Uh, yeah. Hopefully that's all worked out. And but but it, it was it was good enough to give us all a black eye because you know when when it came out and finally said no, he was clean for the triple crown races. Nobody said anything to me that bank anymore. Like boy, your horse racing's fixed. Then kind of looked like maximum security who got taken down in the Derby was going through a period of redemption and he was back and he was <clears> winning <throat> races. And then we find out that. He's winning races, taking SGF 1000, uh, which brings us around uh, to to the doping scandal. And one more thing, in case we don't have enough subjects, how about the coronavirus and the impact that's having on racing? Take it away, Ray. Well, uh, I, I think it was I think it was Monday morning. I was somewhere in between Florida and my home in Lexington, uh, driving back. And about 6:30 or so, my my phone just started going berserk with with text messages and phone calls from uh, trainers and veterinarians in South Florida, uh, all saying the same thing: the FBI has raided Calder Gulfstream Park West in Miami and the Palm Meadows Training Center about an hour and a half north in Boynton Beach, both uh, run by the Stronic Group. And uh, by the end of the morning, uh, we learned that uh, Jorge Navarro, Jason Service, trainers very prominent uh, that have won big races around the world, uh, along with 25 other people, ranging from veterinarians to uh, people who uh, dispense uh, performance-enhancing drugs, salespeople, uh, I think uh, people that work in compounding pharmacies have been rounded up in one of those old fashioned FBI sweeps, unsealed indictments against 27 people uh, for, for basically doping horses illegally. And uh, uh, where this goes from here is uh, I, I won't say anybody's guess. I, I think it's fairly predictable in, in some sense how, where it's going to go. We're going to get a bunch of guilty pleas from a majority of the people who have been charged because 
the the uh, the indictments were very very detailed, and the federal government doesn't usually charge somebody if they don't think they are going to convict them in court. Uh, the cases are so strong they usually get people to plead guilty, and in the process of pleading guilty, they will get them to cooperate in their investigation, get those people to name names, and the and the just like the uh, coronavirus, it the it will expand. Uh, one person will will turn in uh, multiple people, and they may go to those people who may turn in multiple people. So uh, this could be a, a 27, maybe a small number by the time this entire investigation is finished. We had a similar um, investigation by the feds at Penn National in Pennsylvania in 2013. And that in that case, uh, some veterinarians were charged, I think, in 2014, they weren't they weren't sentenced until December 2019. So that that investigation went on for six years. Uh, I wouldn't expect this one to be much different, to be honest with you. Well, the good thing is these guys are going to be out of the game for a while, it looks like. And uh, and it, as it should be. And, and hopefully we can see some of the better horses in their care go on and prove that they were great horses and, and that it wasn't just BB3 or whatever you want to call it that they're getting. I, I think the, the saddest takeaway of the investigation, now that we get to look back in time, was the fact that XY Jet was given what was called a frozen pain shot. You know, when you look at his running lines, there's so many gaps between when he would run and then time off and then he'd, but he'd come back and put in this spectacular performance and then he'd be on the shelf again. I mean, now that I know what happened, Ray, that is so gut wrenching. Yeah. And, and met an untimely death, uh, apparently a heart attack and you can only, you know, your kind of mind goes off in the direction of what caused the heart attack. Uh, we don't know for sure, but, uh, uh like I said, you know, the, the, the mind kind of races off in that direction. This, uh, uh, one of the most disappointing aspects of this, and I, I, I'm, I'm not disappointed that the FBI got involved because uh, I think anybody who follows the game closely the last 20 years uh, knows that there has been widespread cheating going on with blood doping agents, with um, powerful stimulants. We had this frog juice dermorphin, dermorphin uh, scandal seven or eight years ago in uh, the Southwest, mostly quarter horses, but also thoroughbreds. I anybody who's been following the game can see the form reversals. They can see horses going, you know, if you want to use thoroughbred numbers or buyer numbers, whatever you want to use as a performance number, horses go to a new barn and they just make drastic improvements. Trainers using natural abilities cannot improve horses that much. And um, the people who, who were nabbed, the, the, the main two culprits were people that anybody with uh, any experience in the industry was very suspicious of. Yeah. And, when you look at their percentages, um, for sure. Right. Right. And, and, and form reversals, turnarounds with horses. So it's, it's not a surprise. What's disappointing to me is the people who had horses, with these trainers um, expressing shock and disappointment that that someone that they entrusted their horses to could have been cheating. And, and what I would have, you know, what I would say to those people is, 
give me a break. You know, they, they went to those trainers because they looked at the percentages. They said, wow, I want to be with this guy because he wins races. They didn't really care to investigate how they win races. And, um, you know, I, I blame the owners for, for this uh, in, in large part. Well, a quick reminder for our, our audience, Maximum Security once ran in a $16,000 claiming race. Does that kind of shake your head or what? Well, it does. You know, there's for a while it was, uh, it was uh, for some people at least, it was, uh, uh, you know, a rags to riches story. We all remember Seattle Flu was, I think, a $17,000 uh, yearling purchase and went on to win the Triple Crown. So, you know, there are some there are some great stories in racing where, you know, we want to pull for the underdog. But, you know, this was a case, and this was a, when I mentioned owners that give their horses the high percentage trainers. Gary West, Gary and Mary West, own Maximum Security. They sold part of the horse to Coolmore just before the Saudi Cup. But, you know, when you look at their past, they've had horses with a guy like Cole Norman, the late, you know, who's, who's now dead. But Cole Norman had... Um, a, a string of medication violations as long as anybody in horse racing. He had, he had several uh, obvious d- doping with, you know, TCO2 milk shaking of horses and, and, you know, owners that want to that want to win races, look for, look for trainers that, that, that have the highest percentages and they don't ask them how they do it. And for that, I say, you know, Trust, trust honest horsemen or, or get out of the game. We don't need you in the game if that's, what, if that's your M.O. is to give your horses to cheaters. You know, I, we probably only got uh, we probably got about five, at least five more minutes. But by the way, I want to congratulate you. You're a pretty good handicapper of your staff. Uh, several years ago, you picked uh, Natalie Voss out to become a starter with the Pollock Report. She won an Eclipse Award. And this past season, my friend Joe Nevels brought home a Pollock, uh, uh, an Eclipse Award for the Pollock Report. So uh, while i get ready to change subjects, just hats off to you, Ray. You, you surround yourself with good people. Well, that's what makes the Pollock Report so good. And I will say this. When I hired Natalie, uh, I, I said to her, I'm not really sure you're cut out for this, but you know, we'll, we'll give you a try. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, she just grew so fast and, and became such a good writer, a great reporter, investigating stuff, understanding complicated issues and explaining them to our readers. She is a superstar. And, and Joe Nevels, when he wrote that uh, seven or 8,000 word piece on his home track up in Michigan, yeah. I said, I, I don't know if anybody really wants to read this. This is, you know, this is a lot of words for a, a track that nobody's ever heard of. And he went, on, he went on to win an Eclipse Award for that. So sometimes you just have to be lucky as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Uh, some of the decisions I made were were uh, were maybe were maybe just dumb luck, but uh, well, I'm very fortunate to have people like like Joe and Natalie on staff, and and uh, you know it takes good talent to 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 do what we do because uh, right now there's just so much going on in the industry. There really is, and you know what? I, again, before I get off the top, you know what the great thing about Joe and and Natalie is is they were I won't say like you and me, but it's so neat to see young people that are excited about the sport uh, that crave to, uh, it, it seems, uh, to, to make their talent better, to make their writing better. But they never 
lose their enthusiasm. And and we need we need so much more of that, Ray, because right now, and I'm not going to name any sites, but you, you, you're seeing these, quote, writers. They're not writers. They're reporters. They're cut and paste. And they take stuff out and they grab quotes from some of the different uh, services that are out there and make it look like they wrote the story, whereas these people, their boots on the ground. And But not only – but they, they don't look at it as – work it's it's a labor of love and you could tell that what when you see the product that they deliver through the Pollock report well th- thanks and uh, with Joe and Natalie both they're uh they're enthusiastic about the industry but they also take it personally when when there are when there are people doing bad things whether it's trainers uh that are caught cheating trainers and veterinarians that are caught cheating you know unethical or it's um Horses that end up in in compromised places like you know these these uh, kill pens at at uh, at livestock auctions where horses are going off to slaughter and you know racetracks are looking the other way they take it personally and especially Natalie she uh, she's a horse person uh, she's a highly ethical person and you know if she sees something that's going on that's wrong she will go after it w- without any fear at all. That's awesome. And we need so much more of that because all we have is – I shouldn't say all we have, but it just seems like we're churning out more and more reporters and fewer actual writers. Well, or there's just – you know, in fairness to to all of the – you know, to to you know to everybody in 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 the media, the media is a, it's a, it's a you know it's it's a tough it's a tough business right now, and and uh, you know we see newspapers shrinking, we see magazines going out of business or just going to online uh, presentations. So uh, you know I, I'm not going to knock other writers at all because I know how 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 far uh, you know how stretched they are in in having to do their 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 responsibilities. And you know what we do is we you know, you say they're rewriting press releases in a lot of places. We don't rewrite them. We just put them up and we identify them as press releases. You know, we, we, we're not going to spend three hours rewriting something uh, that we can just put up and, you know, that we're not going to add a lot to. We, I'd rather have, have our people spend their time doing, you know, doing investigative work, uh, doing their own reporting. Good point. Well, Ray, let's move on to the 800-pound gorilla sitting in the middle of the racetrack and the effect that the coronavirus is going to have. That's going to be I'm, – I'm expecting Rod Serling to be calling the races at some of these tracks because this is almost Twilight Zone-esque. I haven't seen a, you know, a, a meet or a race yet where you're going to see an empty apron. That is going to be bizarre. That's right. Uh, the, the cascading effect of, I, I guess it was Santa Anita and Golden Gate Fields today that announced it first. Of course, it first started in Japan uh, two or three weeks ago. And uh, then uh, France, a uh, racetrack in France, said that they were not allowing patrons uh, in the, on their facility during the races. And then uh, uh, Dubai, United Arab uh, Emirates announced no fans. They, today they announced no fans for the Dubai World Cup, uh, and and really every major racetrack in the country today, uh, from from Santa Anita to Aqueduct, Gulfstream Park, uh, Keeneland for their upcoming meeting, said that uh, they're going to they're going to have racing but no fans. And I just as we're on the phone right now, I just got a note from somebody saying, 
Oaklawn Park has uh, notified horsemen that there will be no fans or owners allowed in the grandstand for the upcoming weekend. Wow, because I saw a release earlier today that said, no, we're doing all this disinfecting and uh, we're going to invite the public in. I mean, maybe that was a day-old press release, but I just read that a couple hours ago. So they've taken a turnaround. I I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got that from a trainer that just sent me a note saying that he was notified uh, in the last few minutes, and uh, I, I, I think it would be hard for Oakland. Um, I think it would be hard for Oakland Park to, to go against the flow and say, you know, everybody else is is banning uh, spectators, but we're going to go ahead and do it. And and you know, Rebel Day is almost as big a day as. Uh, as Arkansas Derby Day, you know, I think I've right. been there when there's between forty and fifty thousand people. It's a very tight grandstand inside. If the weather's not good, the place is just packed on the inside. And if you're dealing with a disease that's that's infectious, like this, uh, like this virus is, uh, it's it's really not uh, it's it's really not a smart idea. So, if they have indeed canceled, uh, not canceled, but if they have indeed decided to go with no patrons. Uh, I think that's a smart move. Well, Ray Pollock, I thank you so much for joining us this evening. And uh, we certainly weren't stretched for any topics, but I always love your your input. I love your publication and uh, greatly appreciate you joining us tonight, Ray. Thanks, John. I think we've got better days ahead of us. Let's hope. We have to. We have to. All right. Ray Pollock from the Pollock Report has been with us, and we're going to take a quick break. And we come back, we're going to find out what's shaking with our man in Vegas, Rich Ng. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, a regular guest and one of my good friends in racing, none other than Rich Ng. Rich, is your head spinning as fast as mine? How strange it's been out here. It's actually raining cats and dogs. It's raining like a son of a gun out here. So uh, a lot of strange stuff is going on at the same time. Now, you know, we've talked about, you know, the coronavirus and and its effect and mandates by, you know, governors or at least governors pleading with people. In Ohio, you can't have more than 100 people in a room. Well, at least they don't have to worry about watching March Madness because I just figured, well, they're closing the arenas, but these sports bars are going to do great business. And, you know, you know. The news that came out this afternoon, what a kick in the gut, because mm-hmm. my, my Dayton Flyers were going to be number one in the country and sweep the NCAAs, and now we can never prove it. But uh, who knows what's going to shake out of that. And um, mm-hmm. go ahead. I was going to say that it really affects us here in Las Vegas because uh, we get an incredible number of uh, basketball fans who come in, not only for the conference tournaments uh, this week, but also for the NCAA, the first week, uh, week next week, and the second round of games, the two weeks from now, that people come in and they try to bet all the games. So, I mean, there's just uh, the recent sports books are absolutely jam-packed, but now uh, a lot of those people, uh, because of the cancellation of the NCAA tournament, uh, are canceling their uh, airplane tickets and hotel reservations. And uh, I just noticed, uh, taking a look at the Las Vegas Review Journal, an article that they had updated recently up, uh, there's a lot of conventions that are also canceling. Uh, people don't want to fly. They don't want to travel. It, it really has nothing to do with Las Vegas, but they just don't want to travel, period, and take the chance of possibly contracting the coronavirus. So a lot of uh, non-business. We're losing a lot of business here in Vegas uh, because of this. Well, I didn't even have to ask the question. That was going to be my ne- my next question because it's still – in rumor stage around here, as you know, the area, the tri-state area that I cover um, is getting kind of saturated with uh, racinos, casinos. It'll be very mm-hmm. interesting because they're saying we don't want closed areas with large crowds. And then they say senior citizens are affected. Well, you've been in a few of these <laughs> racinos. That's not exactly those good looking girls you see in the commercials that are, that are pressing, getting their fingers on those buttons. Okay. Who was on the machine before you? I don't know. Did they have the coronavirus? I don't know. And I just wonder if a lot of these places uh, are going to have to shut down, Rich. Hey, now what's, what's the mood as far as, uh, you know, casinos in Vegas? Well, I'll use this as a barometer. Like this morning at 11 a.m., I went to Sunset Station Racebook to play, uh, put a couple of bets in before I went to work. And the race. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the racing sportsbook, John, was almost empty at 11 a.m., and usually it's humming. 
And then I talked to a friend of mine who plays the horses at the Boulder Station, which is another station casino, and he said the same thing. He said there's hardly anybody here. And uh, I, I think that probably mirrors a lot of the locals' casinos and with uh, less people uh, possibly canceling their their vacations or trips to come here to Vegas, I would think the strip hotels are also uh, going to be affected uh, pretty badly. Uh, I saw in that same Las Vegas Review Journal article that I mentioned about uh, uh, closures of conventions that uh, MGM Resorts announced that they are closing all of their buffet restaurants after Sunday because uh, one is because of the you know, the, the number of people or is dropping off that are coming out here. But two, I guess there's some worry about contamination of some sort. So they're closing all their buffets. So, I mean, it's, it just keeps the tentacles of this just keep reaching further out and further out. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was kind of wonder, wondering what was going on out there because, you know, in this area, it's still uh, kind of on a small scale. Now, uh, l- let's go back to our old stop and ground because this just came out a couple hours ago. Uh, tonight's the last night at Turfway Park that patrons will be allowed through the end of the season on the 28th. Um, so, I mean, I feel for them. You know how much work goes into, well, what used to be uh, the spiral stakes, uh, the Jim Beam stakes, and now the Jeff Ruby mm-hmm. stakes. Uh, you know, so much planning, so much investment. And the fact that it, I would just, I coming into here this, this evening, I heard an ad on the radio station. They hadn't even pulled the ads saying, come on out, you know, Turfway Park. You know, I'm like, whoa, hey, get your ad man on this, guys. Uh, you know, you're sending the wrong message out. Um, it's going to be weird. I think I told Ray Pollock, it's it's almost like, uh, you know, you should have Rod Serling hosting the races because that's going to be bizarre. You know, I, I can remember in uh, my younger days going to the University of Arizona Symposium. I remember there were conversations. This is talking 30, 40 years ago when I was, uh, uh, you know, a young buck in the game. People talking about the theater of racing, where basically, you know, if, if things didn't improve with growing the, the fan base of horse racing, you're going to have empty racetracks and, you know, they'd just be running the races uh, with very few people and everybody be betting at home, you know. Well, we've reached that point. Now we're going to have a theater of racing at Santa Anita, at Turfway, at Oaklawn, at Aqueduct. There's going to be races going on, no fans, and everybody's going to be betting off their phone apps and at home. So we've reached that point 30 years, 40 years later. And and to think that the Vatican of thoroughbred racing, Keeneland, I believe right now are shuttering their doors until I thought I read April 15th. They've also canceled their April sale. You know how important uh, Mm -hmm. those sales are to them. But think about April 4th. Now, I've still got credentials and I plan on going. I hope they'll let us media schmucks in. But there's five graded stakes races at Keeneland. And you've also got some sensational preps at aqueduct that day all of them graded um i believe there's at least four great uh, make yeah four five the wood memorial too uh, at aqueduct so uh, i'm not sure you know it, it's going to be a really weird season that's all i can say that's all i can say but uh anyhow speaking of turfway park uh, before mm-hmm. i go off on another slant here uh, let's take a look at 
the Jeff Ruby Stakes. I still can't believe the Jockey Club let him get away with that name. Um, <laughs> you know, as you know, this is the last season ever. You were, I'm not sure, were you there for the installation of Polytrack? Uh, no, that was after I left. We still had regular dirt, organic dirt when I was there. And uh, when I started, it was the name change from Latonia to Turfway Park. So that, that's how far back I go, folks. Well, uh, but anyhow, this will be the last time that their big day is contested on Polytrack because a lot of people were scratching their head going, you know, there's only like two, maybe three tracks at a Polytrack. They're not making this stuff anymore. So these guys are going with the tapeta or the tapita, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. So this will be the last year for that. And, and what you do is I, I think the trend I've seen over the years is. You know, it is a graded stakes race worth a quarter million dollars and dub it does have derby points. But a lot of these horses are coming in that uh, had been racing almost exclusively on the turf. Uh, but it's also advantageous to run like at Golden Gate or Turfway Park, where you've been running recently on synthetic surfaces. So I just want to get your read on this race. And the, the, there's there's two horses in here that come to the top to me, but I'm going to shut up and let you talk about the grade three quarter million dollar Jeff Ruby stakes. Well, the points you were talking about with the grass experience and running on synthetics, you know, if you remember in Southern California, there was a mandate to, have all the tracks be synthetic surfaces. So Hollywood had it, Del Mar had it, Santa Anita had it. And I was handicapping the races uh, for the Las Vegas Review Journal on a daily basis. And uh, so I'm watching the races very closely, but I, I picked up on that same angle uh, pretty quickly that the races were being run like grass races. You would see jockeys when they break from the gate in the old, you know, in Southern California, it'd be, you know, scooting boot to, to the lead and speed, speed, speed. But as soon as they put that synthetic surface in, everybody, they break from the gate and then they grab a hold and they try to finish like in a turf race. So, um, you know, that's still something that uh, I do with my handicapping when I'm doing turfway, when I'm doing woodbine, when I'm doing Prescott Downs, Arlington. Uh, I, I kind of look for grass uh, performance and I kind of look for horses that are coming from the back. You know, as far as uh, the race that's coming up on Saturday, the, the uh, favorite, in the race is the 11 Invader from Wesley Ward. And, uh, Wesley, uh, I, I wish Wesley Ward was around Turfway when I was there, John. I'd have made a lot of money. Yes, you would have, because... my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no problem, uh, you know, when you get a, a quality trainer with quality stock that is a high percentage of raises. Nothing wrong with betting them and singling them and all these bets. But uh, Wesley Ward does a great job. Uh, he, he, this horse is two for two at Turfway and certainly earns that uh, favoritism off a big win in the Bataglia. But, uh, you know, that's the master of the obvious type stuff. As far as maybe a, a couple of horses that uh, I'm going to be taking a look at, uh, possibly try to use with or try to upset, uh, the first one I'm going to take a look at is the five. Uh, you might help me with a pronunciation, but is it Maya Manoy uh, from the uh, Danny Gargandine? I'll let the track announcer decide that because I can't pronounce it either. But what a huge effort in the Dania Beach. I mean, two more jumps and Tyler Gaffleon wins that race. Yeah, this is, a, you know, a really a fast closing horse, the kind of thing, as I talked about, was looking for and also on the grass. And Kendrick Carmouche coming out the ride, if you follow Danny Gargan back east, this is his go-to rider. He's a stable rider in New York, so I think it's a real positive to see uh, him coming out for uh, the big money race uh, on uh, the Gargan horse, the five horse. 
maybe another horse to take a peek at um, uh, might be the number eight, Finnick uh, the first. I yeah. know this horse uh, yeah, it, uh, interesting at six to one. Uh, it didn't quite get the job done at the Risen Star, but I think that was that that could come up as a pretty tough heat. But uh, this horse also likes to close. Uh, doesn't have the turf that I'm looking for, but uh, you know um, if, if the pace is a little bit hot, you know I'm looking for is that to be coming from the bag, John. Yeah, and and Finnick the Fierce, I, I remember watching the LeCompte, and he had a break from the one hole. Now, remember, this horse is blind in his right eye, so all he could see was the infield, and he couldn't see the tw- – there was a 13-horse field. He couldn't see the 12 horses outside of him, and, and you know, he – you know, he's breaking from the one hole. He didn't get the jump. He was 12th and 10th. And then he came on a little bit. And uh, in the Risen Star, he hit the gate and got bumped at the break. You know, you're right. that This horse could be a halfway decent price. And it's really interesting that they, they've kept local rider Sonny Leone on him for all these races, including the ones at the fairground. I think uh, the, the, the horse you got to watch here is way on the outside is field pass. Of course, Mike maker, he's got like three horses in every race. Uh, I know he's got three in this one. Um, but this field pass, uh, that was also in the Dania beach, won the Dania beach and, uh, you know, out, outlasted, uh, Maya Manoe or whatever you want to call him. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. never been on synthetic. You know, has always been right there on the turf. Um, I, I think if the odds are right, I think the switch to Iran Ortiz is the key here. Um, field pass and invader. That I, I think it's real hard to split those two, and I, I may well be a good exacta. So we will find yeah, out. Anytime Iran Ortiz, anytime Iran Ortiz shows up, you, you got to take a look. And Baker's won the race something like a half a dozen times, so uh, that's a good combination right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Maker's just, he, he's killing him at Turfway. I think he now owns the trainer's title there. Right now, he wins one out of every four races there. That's pretty phenomenal. Well, uh, <laughs> preceding uh, that race, a uh, race that has Oaks points, it's graduated for some pretty nice fillies out of it, uh, will be the Maxim Crane uh, Works Bourbon at Oaks. It's a flat mile. Again, this may be the reason Ortiz is here riding for Maker. Uh, I, I just, uh, I've got th- that horse being dangerous, but I think the one to beat is the only graded stakes winner in here, Rich, and that's Laura's Light. Yeah, the horse coming in from Southern California, Peter Miller, certainly wins at a high percentage of. Uh, uh, he starts in Southern California. He, he's stable at San Luis Rey, and uh, he does a great training job. Uh, this horse has a lot of speed, and um, he's using a local jockey. Uh, Cedillo is not on this horse. I don't know why Cedillo didn't fly out. You would think he'd, he would uh, crawl over broken glass to ride a horse like this in the big stakes race, but he's using the uh, top local rider, Jimenez. But, the, you know, I, I think this horse, because of the ship and, you know, strange surroundings and all kinds of stuff, you know, you might want to try to beat this horse, this filly at a short price. Uh, certainly one of the horses I was looking at uh, because of the uh, horse for course angle is the four oxen power. I know the speed figures are not particularly fast, but the two for two wins and this horse closes from out in the left field uh, for the uh, bug boy Ramos. So it uh, might be interesting. And Paula Lobo is uh, another former Southern California a base trainer who's now in the Midwest. And uh, Kenny McPeak, an old friend of ours, uh, has, I think, a pretty interesting animal, the number seven. 
impeccable style. Uh, yeah. Corey Laner, I believe, had uh, choices and opted to ride for uh, McPeak. And the horse that uh, Lannery gets off is a horse I'm definitely going to use is the number five past the plate. I think uh, when Florent Giroux uh, shows up on a, a horse like this, uh, uh, Doug Bradar is his agent, uh, one of the best in the business. Uh, I think he's picked up a real live mound here. So I, I would certainly suggest using the five past the plate on uh, your uh, your wagers. Rich, I think you're looking over my shoulder because these are all the horses I've got marks on. So <laughs> I feel good, man. You know, I, I, I hope we're two smart guys looking at Turfway. Well, uh, while we still got a little time, uh, let's uh, let's go out to what's going to be the fanless Oaklawn Park, uh, even though just I'm going to say earlier today, I saw that they were going to try to race with the fans. Talk about a race that easily could have the Kentucky Derby winner in it, but I'm not going to pick a name. I mean, there's so many horses with potential in here, but I don't think there's a standout. And then what I'm waiting to see, I'm looking forward to this, is this mystery horse, the Louisiana bred no parole. I've got to watch him race at Delta Downs and the fairgrounds. He so far in his career, now the company's questionable, has just dominated horses he's by a legitimate sire violence so throw out the louisiana bread he's in good hands with tom amos he's going to be interesting but obviously i, I think the wow horse is nadal uh, a seven hundred thousand dollar horse from the baffert barn and i always love when i see an equipment change blinkers are coming off and then it's last work a bullet work Best of 58 at Santa Anita. I got to guess some nice horses were working at Santa Anita that day. Yeah, I would I would think so, too. You know, Bob Baffert's had a lot of success sending his three-year-olds through the uh, the Arkansas route to the Kentucky Derby, the Oakland uh, part. So uh, Nadal, was, I think, will, will certainly uh, be bet a lot lower than the 5-2 to two morning line. I know Baffert was moaning uh, uh, the crocodile tears about the drawing the one post, but this horse is just going to leave anyway. So, I mean, uh, what does it matter? He's got the shortest way home. It'll be interesting to see what uh, they do with no parole. Joe Talamo, uh, a top Southern California jockey, has been riding the Oakland meet. But, you know, when I take a look at the last two races of uh, no parole, a two back, uh, he won uh, a sprint race going a half, setting the, uh, the, the lead in 45 and two. And then he goes two turns and he goes a half mile at 49 and one. So, I want to know which animal I'm going to see. Well, <laughs> at, 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 at Delta Downs, Rich, that might have been four turns. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, this horse needs to, to run either on the lead or very close to it. You know, that puts him in the pocket of uh, Nadal. And you, you know how horses are when, they, when somebody eyeballs them and they're competitive. Sometimes it's hard to get a comfortable, uh, relaxed uh, run, so to speak. So, Nadal might be having somebody look him in the eye right from the start, so we'll have to see how that goes. Um, if if the race is kind of quick, well, another horse who might be kind of fast is the uh, the eight American Theorem, another Southern California horse coming out for uh, George Papa Padromo, uh, Tiago Pereira, the uh, a local Southern California rider, uh, comes out to ride from. This horse has probably unlimited potential, but it's a tough spot to make the first start of the year against a group like this. But the thing I was, uh, the point I was going to make was, if the pace is a little fast, if the pace is a little hot, and maybe nobody gets to relax on the front end, a uh, horse I think uh, it could set up for would be the four silver prospector. He's kind of a plotter, but boy, he can finish pretty good for uh, Steve Asmussen. 
and his uh, stable rider, Ricardo Santana, rides. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. And uh, hard to leave Basin out. Weird that he's had a lot of time off since winning the grade one, hopeful, a very prestigious race. So it's going to be very contentious, the Rebel. Well, just too bad there won't be fans in the stands. Rich Ng, I thank you so much. I love when you're on the show. It's just like sitting here on the couch with an old buddy popping a beer and talking horses. And that's uh, pretty much what I'm doing. Uh, so anyhow, <laughs> have, have a great time out there in Vegas. Uh, uh, keep those race books filled. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, John. Anytime, and I hope the next time I bump into you, we're both in the uh, the line in the front of the toad window cashing tickets together. I love it. That's Rich Eng. Earlier you had Ray Pollock. I'm John Engelhart, and I want to thank you for listening. Remember, pull down our easy win form. So much good racing this weekend, and we got the winners for you over at Winning Ponies. So for my producer, Josh, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.